Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to Sound Prince for the week of November 26, 2023. Each year at its convention, the Kentucky Council of the Blind recognizes the individuals who have become life members since the last convention. Here's the KCB Life Member Class of 2023. Rebecca Boyk from Sweden, Kentucky. Edna Campbell, Louisville. Martha Flack, Louisville. Dina Keck, Burlington. Lisa Kemp, Burlington. Sarah Lee, Clarksville, Indiana. Adele Lejeune, Louisville. Anthony Martin, Louisville. Kimberly Parsley, Bowling Green. Michael Parsley, Bowling Green. Brooke Pernice, Louisville. Mary Rickert, Louisville, Crystal Runyon, Louisville, Elise Tilford, Fisherville, and Wynne Wildey, Louisville. The South Central Kentucky Council of the Blind invites everyone to participate in its social hour this coming Wednesday, November 29, at 2 p.m. Central Time, 3 Eastern, on Zoom. The guest speaker will be Denise Russell from Speak to Me Catalog. She'll be telling us about her many products that talk, squawk, sing, laugh, and make all kinds of other noises. Some things are practical, some are just fun. All make great gifts for the holidays, whether you're shopping for friends, relatives, or yourself. Join South Central Kentucky Council of the Blind on their Zoom line at 669-900-6833 and enter the code 689 there are lots of chances to share the holidays with the Council around Kentucky. The Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Christmas with the Council Party kicks off the holiday season on Saturday, December 2. It's in person at UCHM 150 South State Street in Louisville from 4.30 until 8.30 p.m. You can also listen in on Zoom beginning at 6.30. Chapters participating in Christmas with the Council will be Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana, KCB Next Generation, Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision, Tri-State Library Users, and, of course, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind. There will be a bargain table at 4.30, a delicious homes-cooked meal of ham, green beans, mashed potatoes, corn, rolls, and your choice of apple or cherry dump cake for dessert at 5, singing and games and holiday cheer. Santa and Mrs. Claus will make an appearance at 8 p.m. And there will be a gift for everyone and, of course, store prizes. To sign up, call the KCB office at 502-895-4598. Bring your kids and grandkids to the party. If you'd like for them to receive a gift from Santa, make sure you bring a wrapped gift for them and mark it clearly with their name. Turn it in when you sign in to the party. Sign up by calling the KCB office at 502-895-4598. Cost of the in-person party is $6 per person. If you can't come to the party in person, join us on the KCB Zoom line from 6.30 to 8.30. All are welcome. And there's more holiday fun on the schedule. The South Central Kentucky Council of the Blind will hold its Christmas gathering on Sunday, December 3 in Bowling Green 
Call Teresa Eskew at 270-776-6971 for details and to sign up by Wednesday, November 29. The Bluegrass Council of the Blind will have a business meeting, lunch, and party on Wednesday, December 6th in Lexington. For more information, call them at 859-259-1834. The Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind Christmas Party is scheduled for Saturday, December 9th at the Anchor Grill in Covington. Contact Jerry Slusher at 859-781-7369 for information. The Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired will hold its traditional holiday happening in Owensboro at the Wesleyan Heights United Methodist Church on Tuesday, December 12. Contact Cheryl Lott at 270-686-8689. The Eastern Kentucky Council of the Blind will have its Christmas party in Jackson on December 16. Call Ronnie Patrick at 606-671-0226 for more details. Watch the KCB Events email list for details and make plans now to celebrate the holidays with the Council. Here are some more events that you won't want to miss in December. The Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will hold its December Bingo at Roundabout on Friday, December 15. This is a hybrid event. Doors open at 4.30 at United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street in Louisville. Dinner will be at 5 and bingo will begin at 6.30, both in person and on Zoom. In-person attendees are reminded to make return rides between 8.45 and 9 p.m. The Tri-State Library users invite you to read The Twelve Clues of Christmas by Reese Bowen with us. This is a super holiday mystery, and we'll be talking about it at our December Book Club meeting at 11 a.m. on Saturday, December 16, on the KCB Zoom line. The number is 669-900-6833, and the code is 862 9889 6972. The Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will be hosting roundabouts each Friday evening throughout December. The time is 6.30 to 8.30 on the Zoom line. Don't miss out on any of our Christmas or New Year's fun. The Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision invites you to its December activities. Its monthly business meeting is Wednesday, December 6th on Zoom. Its in-person support group is on Monday, December 11, from 1 to 2.30 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. And its virtual support group is scheduled for Wednesday, December 20, at 8 p.m. on Zoom. ACB President Deb Cook-Lewis was our special ACB guest at this year's KCB Conference and Convention, and she gave an outstanding talk at our Jim Shaw Golden Jubilee Banquet on Friday evening. There were also a number of interesting and informative presenters and exhibitors at our convention. And beginning with this edition of Soundprints, we'll be bringing you their talks as time permits. This week, you'll hear Deb Cook-Lewis's banquet address on page 2 and remarks from Maggie Felton, a nurse educator with Vanda Pharmaceuticals and Trisha Wachter from Blind Girl Designs on page 3. We'll be posting links and contact information 
for our exhibitors and sponsors on our website. So stay tuned for more information coming soon. For more information about Soundprints, to comment on a recent show, or make a suggestion for a future topic, and to request a free subscription on CD playable on any standard CD player, call the Kentucky Council of the Blind at 502-895-4598. Page 2. Next, I want to welcome our guest of honor and give a special hello. So, joining us uh to speak to us this evening is uh, Deb Cook-Lewis, who's the president of ACB from Clarkston, Washington. She's retired from vocational rehabilitation, I do believe. And also, we want to give a special hello to Connie Sims, who's also on the ACB board, joining us from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So if you have not had a chance... <laughs> If you have not had a chance to stop by and say hello to them, uh, please do so. All right. Well, thank you all for having me here this weekend. It's really an honor uh, to be with you in person. I've certainly done your conventions on Zoom before, but uh, it's a couple of marathons, I think, when you first started your uh, virtual ones. But it is super great to be with you in person this evening. Um, I, I have, oh, it's a real challenge to go around and talk to different affiliates and groups in ACB because it used to be, and I was sharing this with um, Amanda Selm this afternoon, it used to be that when you went to um, your state convention, you heard from somebody from ACB probably, and if you were able to go to the national convention, you heard from lots of people. But otherwise, I think the whole rest of the year was pretty silent. Um, you know, we didn't have email back in the day, and we didn't, and so we didn't get all that thousands of emails from the national office. And we and we didn't have a Zoom. Maybe that was good. I'm not sure. Um, no, but seriously, it, it, it really saved our bacon during the pandemic and still does. So, you know, and we have pe folks here with us who are going, no, don't take away Zoom because they're with us on Zoom. And, and I'm delighted that you all are working to make your events as hybrid as you can because we definitely have people who appreciate that and need that to be able to be included. So it's great to be here in person, but I absolutely, you know, support the people who can't be. On the other hand, we also didn't have um, ACB media, or we used to call it ACB radio, and then they got fancy about it, but, but uh, they didn't have that. And so, you know, you really didn't have very much contact. And so if you went around and spoke to a, a convention, you could pretty much give the same talk everywhere you went, right? <laughs> Not too big a deal, because unless they were following you... For some reason, you know, you, you were you were going to get a break. Well, you know how it goes these days, right? So they they stream it live, they run it on Zoom, they podcast the dang thing, and and other states even sort of borrow it and use it if they don't have enough program content. So it means that whatever you say is out here in posterity, and you better not say it again unless you need to. 
So it, it is a big challenge, but I have a unique story that only really works at KCB. So I, I have to tell this one, and it's a story on me, really, but, but it's a KCB-related story. And I've always told people at other places, you know, that I try to come up with something, and I have commented in other affiliates that I don't have to worry when I go to KCB because I've already got that story down. So that's great, right? So basically, just in the really short version of this, um, my given last name, the name that my parents have and all that, is Cook, C-O-O-K. And I married Rick Lewis, and, and I became Deb Lewis. And, and that was fine. Um, actually, there's another story I'm not going to tell you, but if, if you ask me sometime about the IRS story related to this, it's pretty funny, too, actually. Now, it was not funny then. Um, but anyway, uh, that's, a, that's a different story. But so I, in about two, I was uh, married to my husband in 2007. And in about 2010, I decided to uh, go on Facebook so that my husband could promote his, uh, his radio station activities. And, um, and, and we were doing well with that, and he, he wanted it on Facebook, and he wasn't about to do this. So I, I went on Facebook, and immediately the entire state of Kentucky began to follow me on Facebook. And you all know why, right? <laughs> that was the funniest thing. I'm like, what is the deal? What? is the deal and I even commented on it at work I said every night when I go home and I look at my new Facebook followers most of them are from Kentucky <laughs> so f because of the IRS thing that I'm not going to share right now although I, I don't mind sharing it but in the interest of time and stuff we won't and because of that I ended up using both names and I use both names most of the time. Um, and the funny part of that is, you know, you should never say never because uh, when I, uh, before I used both names, I was always very critical of people who did that. <laughs> right? Because how stupid are you? Can't you figure out who you are? Which one are you? I don't care if you took his name or not. You should either keep yours or take his. But don't sit on the dang fence. <laughs> well, so what can I tell you about that? I want to I, uh, tell you, um, uh, uh, just uh, talk just really briefly this evening about... Um, uh, the the topic that Carla kind of gave me, which is okay that she did, because honestly, I, that is one of the other challenges is figuring out what to share that would be helpful or useful to affiliates. But I have found this one to be pretty universally useful, and that is talking about sort of the thread and the fabric that weaves our organization together at all of the levels. Now, we've been doing some surveying, and I think I'll do a little bit of surveying in here so we can have a little participation and see if you have all you know, done well with your visit to uh, the Vanda booth so that you're still awake. Um, and so we'll check on that here in a second. Now, 
Are we going to have a voting task force meeting? Oh, my God. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. No, no, but I, do, but I do have a really small survey. It only has two questions. Um, and, and we've been asking these questions around the organization. And uh, Cindy Hollis, our manage, manager of um, community, whatever they are, and, and membership, membership services, yeah, membership service. The person Natalie, you know, supervises. Um, <clears throat> yeah. All right. So, so Cindy and I have been going around, and we've talked to some affiliates. We have had a bunch of focus groups. We started last summer uh, or last spring at the leadership conference. So, probably in one way or another, many of you have answered these. But I think, and we're not going to go through all those. I only have two that I really want to talk about because they are the two that have ended up being the most influential. Uh, so far in our data gathering about why people come to ACB and why people stay. And that is true for them at the uh, local level where many of you are part of local chapters. I have to pause and say that I'm not part of a local chapter because everything in my state is a little spread out and the local closest local chapter to me is 90 miles away. So um, I am actually um, a big supporter and, um, of all of the, the notion that it might be good and might be helpful to many affiliates to start a chapter that is people who don't live in some place where other chapters are going to be. So um, that usually ends up being an online chapter, that kind of thing. And, and our special interest affiliates fill a lot of that bill because that's how I'm a member of my state affiliate is through a special interest affiliate. But the, um, but the reality is that we do have more people who are geographically challenged, which is what I describe where, what my situation is. So... Um, so anyway, the, the two things that, that I kind of want to talk about that I think are the thread that kind of pull us together is, first of all, how we got started in the organization. So whether you're talking about this, probably a local chapter for most of us, but not necessarily, um, could be at the state level, could be a member at large at the national level, could be a member at large anywhere, or like I said, part of a local chapter. How did we get here? How did we first learn about KCB, ACB, Greater Louisville Chapter, whatever it is we know about? How did we learn about that? Anybody want to toss out a couple of possibilities about their own personal? And I'll repeat them for the Zoom. Um, but yeah, word of mouth. Okay, good. Another Okay, oh, a, a referral from someone. Okay, all right. Uh, yeah. A roped into doing it. I heard that answer a lot of times. Somebody drug me there. Yeah, yeah. Let's take one or two more. Okay, a referral from the national affiliate over a legal issue. Yeah, yeah, okay, very good. A voc rehab referral. Okay, one more, I'll take one more. Local chapter. 
Local chapter. So they drug you into, right? Okay. All right. So what what I'm hearing is a lot of a lot of different connections, but largely the thread under those connections is some kind of relationship. In other words, most of you did not get a leaflet from the mall. Well, I know affiliates who are doing it that way. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't. Now, somebody did say they got a referral from a doctor's office, but it probably was an honest referral rather than a leaflet. Um, or, or, you know, I mean, it could be. And I'm not going to say no one has ever come because of a handout. That's not, that's not fair. But, um, but, but it is true. And, and most of the rest of you talked about some form of relationship. I, I found a local chapter, somebody drug me there against my will, um, you know, all of, all of those kinds of things. My little story on that is that um, my, um, I was doing, I, I'm an, uh, an organ performance major in college, and I was doing my senior recital, and a blind guy and his wife, who was sighted, came to my recital they were people that I didn't know and my parents didn't know and all that. So my parents were kind of fascinated. And <clears throat> I went up and introduced myself after the recital. And I said, why did you come? I mean, you know, not that you aren't really welcome and all that, but you don't know me or anything. And they said, a blind person was doing something unique and we wanted to be there. And that's how I ended up, I mean, a little bit more story, but that's how I ended up in the organization. So my point is that relationship is one of the threads that, that really keeps us, that really gets us into the organization. Um, very quickly, let's do then the next piece of that. Um, yeah, I know some people just want to tell their story back there. It's, it's all good. Um, the, the next piece of this, uh, the other piece of this that we're going to talk about, is why we stay. Because we have a lot of affiliates that are losing all their members, or they think they're losing all their members, or something. And uh, this affiliate's doing really quite well. My affiliate's doing quite well. My affiliate just had its largest in-person conference ever. Uh, ever before the pandemic and everything we had 275 people so you can do this right you can have a really meaningful you know event again we're past the pandemic but that's not you know why we really come to the organization so what's keeping you here other than the cake <laughs> no what what's keeping you what's keeping you connected to kcb acb whatever it is Okay, still some relationships. All right. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, some of you have been to this before, so you know. I'll tell you that the number one, the number one item, and, and you've kind of hit on the, the top three, the, the number one item on this area really was an opportunity to contribute. If you think about that, when you bring people into your organization and they join you and they come, and if they just sort of sit over in the corner and, and eat the cake, that, well, that does work. Oh, if, if, you sit, if you're sitting over in the corner and you're not engaged or you're not asked for something, your chances, and, and I think we haven't really tried to get data on this, but I think the chances are good. Um, 
that that's going to be a significant factor in whether people stay part of your organization. But if you engage them and you give them something that they can do that's meaningful, not we're not talking about just creating nothing, but if you give people something to do to help with the convention in some way, to help with something in your chapter, to help with something just you personally that's connected to the organization, you know, volunteer with me, go out and help me leave leaflets that nobody's going to use somewhere, you know, whatever that is. Um, it, it makes a huge difference. And um, again, that was, for me, that was a major thing, is, is getting engaged in something to do that where I felt like I was um, needed and valued, not just another small dues-paying person. Um, and so um, I think that's big. The, certainly, um, relationships were still huge here, really huge. And the whole issue of opportunities for growth were actually really huge on this. But don't forget about the well, that's part of the relationship. Yeah, Carla says don't forget about the food. Because it, it's definitely it's definitely and and that's part of the relationship building is the breaking bread together and all that kind of thing. Yeah, and work together. We got to work together to fight for the food. <laughs> yeah. Um but but I really like seeing tonight what I saw because when Patty was looking for some more help, she just went and grabbed people who she knew could. And they just jumped right in and did that, and that's the way we want to train all of our members to, to operate at whatever their personal capacity is. So those are really my thoughts about what brings our organization together at, at the local level, the state, and the national. The one other thing I want to say about that, and I'll be talking about this a little bit more tomorrow when I do my impersonation of Clark, Clark Rackfall. <laughs> I've been practicing. I'm you know, not as cute as he is, but... And I cannot talk as slowly as he does either. Good night. But um, he's good at it. And I was like, oh, I've got to make it all the way through this. And so, um, but, but what the other thing I will say is that the roles are different. And as we understand those, we, that helps us to need and appreciate the different roles people have. So there is no one like the local level for creating relationship and creating initial opportunities for people. The state has a very powerful role in dealing with all kinds of state legislation. And often when people say to me, well, is ACB doing anything about this or that? Or I mean, the 500,000 issues that affect people who are blind and low vision, many of them, my response is, I think that's something you can do most effectively at the state level and that we can help identify resources or or do things, but the boots on the ground piece is at the state level. Tomorrow I'll be talking a lot more about this, this issue at the national level. What is it we're doing at the national level to um, make things better at the policy and legislative level that are probably, have many roots in the state activities and maybe even local activities, but ultimately get kind of carried out at the top level, and so because of those relationships. And so tomorrow I'll be talking about the value of that in ACB and some of the things we're working on and have accomplished and haven't yet accomplished and who knows when we'll accomplish and all of, all of that kind of thing. So um, those, are my, those are the things that I think are really, really important for you. 
So I'm going to stop. I have, I think, just a couple more minutes in the time that I'm allotted, and I'll take any questions or comments, and I don't think we have a mic running situation, but whatever I hear, I will pick, I will uh, repeat for Zoom. So are there any? Oh, we do have a mic. Okay, then let's do it. All right, let's take a couple of comments, questions, anything related to any of this. Oh, he wants to leave. <laughs> you can't leave. They've taken the doors out, and the room is now round. That's how I felt when I went to our state banquet. It was really, really huge, and they had us in an even huger room. And I'd been wandering out, I think, for a few days and had not gotten out. So I totally appreciate that. Any other any other? Um, Okay. Well, I don't hear any happening. Oh, there, okay. All righty. Yeah, I don't want to cut anyone off. Hold on, Terry. Yeah, yeah. Um, Deb, you've had uh, a fairly relatively short time as president and a shorter time as acting president, which uh -huh. was wonderful. But could you say something about the most important or useful thing you have learned since you took on the presidency role? Yes, not to run for the presidency role. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, you know... Um, I, I will just say, and I know most of you don't know me super well at the personal level, but what I will tell you is that um, the, some of the challenges for me, you know, we all come with things that we're strong at and things that we're not. And for me, I think the presidency role in ACB has taken a test on every one of my areas where I could use improvement and growth. So it, it is, um, I think for me, there's been a huge amount of personal learning. I think, though, one of the things that I have really come to appreciate is the amazing tenacity of our members um, and the amazing uh, contribution that our members make to ACB in all levels, and that would include that volunteering piece. It includes the financial contributions. It includes everything that our members do. And we're at a real crossroads time for ACB where we're being really challenged. I'm going to submit to you that ACB's biggest challenge in terms of our membership and sort of struggle and process is is a diversity issue, but it's not the diversity issues we get when we go to all the diversity training, um, and it's not the diversity issue assigned to our MCAC, Multicultural Affairs uh, Committee group, but it really is the diversity of our generations. It is such a challenge when we have a dedicated, long-serving constituency of members who are really giving all and have given all much of their whole lives to ACB. And then we have uh, the, well, I don't know, it could have been the next generation, but I think it's the next, next generation coming in now. We have um, 
a lot of younger members with a lot of energy and enthusiasm, a little less experience, um, but, but still a real heart for the organization. And it is a real challenge to bring those groups together in a really meaningful way. Because it is frustrating on both sides, and I hear about it every day. So to me, uh, learning about that, learning um, how to think about that, learning how to appreciate that, and learning how to really help people try to start really coming together for this organization so that it really will represent blind and low vision people of all ages and all diversities is, I think, my biggest personal challenge and ACB's biggest organizational challenge. Let's see. Are we, did we have one more that we need to take? Okay. We'll okay. One more. So, um, so Deb, I don't know if you realize this or not, but not only are you speaking to our affiliate, you have um, that has come out of KCB. Mm -hmm. You have three other special interest affiliate right. presidents in the room. Can we can we mm -hmm. give an applause to the president of ACB families and Yay. CCLVI Yay. and. Uh, yeah, let's recognize me. I'm president of ACB Next Generation. All right. These Why are not? accomplishments yeah. that have come out and, of KCB. And you guys have, yeah, you guys have done a great job of maximizing the, the, the special interest affiliate option for members because that, I believe, is kind of the future of our organization in many ways. And that's not something I'm trying to make happen. That's just something that I think yes. is happening. So, um, I, I totally agree. I think um, I think that's all all good. Yep. And and Deb, I'm getting roared at over here. I forgot about ACB Lions. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, they, and library users. Yeah, yeah. So you guys, like I said, you really do have uh, you really do have um, a very powerful infrastructure, which I think is great. So. So what I was going to ask you is because you were a J.P. Morgan Chase Leadership Fellow mm -hmm. in um, 2016. We have um, yes. 10 of them that I counted yeah. in combination of J.P. Morgan Chase Leadership Fellows and DKM First Timers. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested. What do you think is the most valuable thing you took away from being a J.P. Morgan Chase Leadership Fellow that you're still carrying today? Yeah, you know, that is interesting, too, because that was very life-changing for me. Um, and um, I, I think it was, uh, it was a wonderful opportunity to get a really good close-up of the whole organization. And um, I think that that was a really good preparation for leadership and also having an expectation that the organization, because I had been chosen for this, would would want to then continue to develop me as a leader and that I should get opportunities um, that were appropriate and oh lordy I guess I did. You know I think um, for me personally and I think for different people it, it's different things. I mean that'd be a good thing for you to interview all your your recipients because you have a lot your state and my state again another thing we have in common is quite a few recipients of these awards 
and um, and so I think um, I think that that it is a really valuable experience. And if you are a leader and you haven't taken advantage of of trying to participate in this, or if you've taken advantage but you weren't selected, try again because I do think it's a very worthwhile experience for our members. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to thank you all. I'm going to ask you all to uh, pray for me in the next couple of weeks. I'm facing major surgery. Um, I'm on the 29th going to be having um, a hip replacement. And that's not an uncommon surgery, but it's a bit of a challenge for me. Um, I didn't do any of my personal story tonight, but one of the highlights of it that is relevant right this moment is that um, when I was seven, I was run over by a truck. And uh, this crushed my whole pelvis and all of my internal organs. And had I been an adult or fully grown, I absolutely would not have lived. But because I was not, um, I, I was able to sort of grow into um, my injuries and sort of rehab as a result of that. So what they told my parents at the time was that by the time I was 50, I would um, have major problems and probably not be walking anymore. Well, I am 70. I'm almost 71. So I, I um, with, with God's help and good medical resources and an excellent family who made me exercise like crazy, um, I, uh, I have beat that by 20 years. But now we're sort of at a watershed time where if the surgery is successful, then in a few months I will be um, back to normal. It won't be days and weeks like it is for some people, but within a few months, if it's not successful, then I'm going to be dealing with the things that they told me I might be anyway. But when, when they told my parents all that, the surgery wasn't even a possibility for me because they had not invented the cool technologies um, that they have now and so um, the whole game is different. So uh, I'm praying for a real positive outcome, and I'll be, I'll be off the grid for ACB and other things for a couple of weeks, and then hopefully back in the swing of things uh, early in December, but uh, limping, but at least back in things. Your, your prayers are very, very much coveted, and I just thank you all. And thank you so much for having me this weekend. It's just, it is really fun to be together. And I am so thankful for this opportunity to spend time with all of you. Page three. Hello, Zoom. Hello, Radio Storm. And we're ready to get the next block of programming started. So I'm splitting this um, programming, introducing speakers with Natalie Couch over here. My name is Amanda Selm. And uh, the first speaker I'm going to be introducing is from Vanda Pharmaceuticals. And they are going to be talking to us about getting some sleep. Well, let me tell you, I'm a busy mom. I need sleep. Uh, so uh, I'm welcoming uh, Magdalena, also known as Maggie Felson, to the podium. Let's give her a round of applause. Thanks, y'all. Appreciate it. Uh, my name is Maggie, short for Magdalena. I'm here. Um, I'm a nurse, nurse practitioner, and I wanted to share information about sleep or their lack of. What I was going to come up and say, uh, this is karaoke 101, but <laughs> to see if I got your attention. 
but Amanda kind of uh, outed me out. So, <laughs> so yes, we're here to talk about sleep, um, and I wanted to let you guys know, um, I if you hear a little bit of an accent coming from me, I was going to make a game and have you guys guess where I'm from, but I'll give you a little clue. So I love to make pierogies. Pierogies. Anyone here love pierogies? Raise your hand. Pennsylvania clothes, kind of. Russia clothes. Come on, you guys. Pierogies, kielbasa. Poland. There you go. There's a winner. <laughs> yes, so I'm Polish, born and raised. I moved here when I was 14 years old. Most of my accent is gone, but if you guys hear me say something um, that... It's not right. Just d don't laugh at me or laugh at me later. Um, it's okay. I won't get offended, I promise. So anyways, I, I am here to share with you guys um, about um, sleep. I am part of a patient outreach program, and this is what I do. I go out and I educate folks about sleep sort of lack of and folks who are visually impaired folks who are totally blind and believe it or not as many times as we've been doing this there's tons of people still out there they have never heard of non-24 sleep disorder so raise your hand if you have heard of it yeah lots of hands see i see a lot of familiar folks here you guys know me you've heard me speak before but there's still some folks out there have never heard of it they do not realize there's a connection between lack of eyesight, and lack of sleep. Yes, it's a real condition. It's a real thing. Um, and very often, folks just believe that it's just part of being blind, you know. Um, and I'm here to tell you, no, no. there. It is a real condition. It's a real thing. It's uh, treatable. Uh, talk to your provider, your primary care doctor about this, um, and have them consider it because very often, folks... Um, they end up kind of differentiating and getting diagnosed with lots of different things, like um, whether it's sleep apnea or insomnia or anxiety, stress. I mean, you name it, there's a whole list of things that have very similar symptoms to non-24. But I always tell folks, if you are visually impaired, you're having a lack of sleep, there's a big suspicion there. So talk to your providers and make sure they are aware of non-24. Um, I do have limited time, so um, I'm not sure if I have time to go into the background and how it actually works, but it, it is a true connection between, you know, how our body senses that it's daytime um, and those folks who aren't able to sense there's daytime, what happens there, and our bodies live in this circadian rhythm that kind of goes upside down and becomes like a roller coaster. So um, it's, it's something that can be manageable, and people often ask me, you know, what can I do about it? Very often pe we talk about things like uh, natural things, holistic things, you know, what can you do um, to help you sleep um, outside of, before you actually see your provider. We, I have a table out there, so anyone that would like to learn more, you know, how does this work? You know, how is this connected? What do I do about it? Um, I have audio brochures. Many of you have seen them. Um, they're free. Uh, take one um, for you or your loved one if you have somebody that's struggling with sleep, somebody that maybe have a hard time um, verbalizing what's going on with um, pe peers around them, especially young folks have this, you know, 
Uh, this is a big challenge for them. Um, and so take a brochure. Uh, we have lots of lots of information, guides. How do you talk to your provider about this? Um, what are the symptoms? Um, so all things um, very, very important. So um, I just want to say thank you all for allowing me to come here. Um, I'm so thankful to be here. It's been a while since before COVID. It's great to see lots of um, familiar faces, and you guys are truly having a good time here. So um, you guys know how to uh, enjoy yourself. So thank you so much. Have a wonderful the rest of your day, and I'm out there um, if anyone would like to learn more. And I'll give it back to Amanda. Thank you, Maggie. All right. So our next speaker that we have is Ms. Trisha Wechter, also known as the CEO and the founder of the one and only Blind Girl Designs. Woo! And I just spent $100 with her in the exhibit hall. So go see her. She's got some Kentucky shirts just for us. And there's blue and there's red. So, all right, Trisha, it's all yours. Thanks, Amanda. Can you guys hear me? Yes, you can. Okay, great. It's really nice being here in Louisville. And uh, on this, what I think is now raining. Is it possible? It's raining outside? Okay. I uh, come to you from Houston, Texas, where um, it is hot all the time. And uh, it was hot when I left, yes. <laughs> so my husband did a screenshot of it. Whenever I go, no matter where I go in the country, he sends me a screenshot of what the weather is there, depending on how much additional apparel I have to take when I travel. Um, my company is Blind Girl Designs. I started my company almost three years ago. Um, my story, and I will tell you about my product, but my story is that I have retinitis pigmentosa, and I have known this since around the turn of the century. And in my case, because I found people have lots of different experiences, um, it is, what, is the, uh, what my doctor would call the standard RP, where you, know, you just keep losing stuff. You, you know, your night vision, then your peripheral vision, and now I have you know, holes in my central vision. And um, so around five years ago is when uh, my visual field dropped um, from a manageable, 20 degrees where I was still working in New York and had a job and traveling around the world to around 11. And uh, what really happened to me is that I lost my job and um, we moved to Houston for what I thought was a temporary time period, but because of my vision loss, we are, not, we are residents of Houston and uh, I could no longer be employed in my field, which is fashion. And uh, my job was to fly around the world and um, learn and teach big companies about fashion trends for the upcoming years, as well as color. And uh, I support my family, still do support my family. And uh, so this was like pretty devastating for me. So I had, uh, you know, some chaos with that amount of vision loss at one time. And um, for about two years, I worked on and off with a friend of mine who had a factory in Houston. He was one of my designers in New York. And uh, we were working with young designers, giving them guidance on, you know, how to, uh, you know, run their companies. And every time we met them, we were in a conference room, and my white cane was under the table. 
and uh, one of them asked me to come to their factory because they needed some assistance in how to cut a curve of fabric. And I told my friend, dude, I have to have a white cane with me. I can't go into a factory without my white cane. And he said, you can't take your white cane. I know, right? And so, but let me tell you this at the time, it totally caught me off guard and really blew me away. And so I left my white cane in the car and um, I held on to his arm. And what occurred during that visit in the factory was complete rage and outrage that the perception that somehow my white cane diminished my intellect, infuriated me. So I stopped working with my friend, not a huge surprise, and um, I thought about it, and one morning I got up, my feet hit the floor, and I said, damn it, I'm starting my own company. It's going to be called Blind Girl Designs, and I'm going to tell everyone I'm blind because I have the experience, I have the knowledge, and I can do this. And that's what I did. Thank you. So now uh, we have a website called blindgirldesigns.com. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Amanda. And uh, we uh, fly all over the country to conventions because um, my product is tactile. And we have two different types of ink, a vinyl ink, which is colorful, which is less tactile and becomes more tactile when you wash the cotton. It fluffs up. And the 3D puff ink, which is like very tactile no matter what. Uh, when you touch it, you can read it. And using that ink, it allows us to also do designs in Braille. So, yes, thank you. And actually, we did design a Kentucky T-shirt that's in puff ink and in Braille um, that we have at our table in red and blue, depending on what your affiliation is. Yes, I heard this from a lot of people in advance. <laughs> Don't pick a lane. Um, so right now, just a, a general, over, just a couple of general things. We now have uh, 23 patterns of art on our T-shirts and hoodies, and we also do crew neck sweatshirts and zip hoodies. And all of those uh, pieces of art have white canes in them. They, we have a Christmas tree that the frame of the tree is made from my cane turned upside down and twisted at the joints. And the bottom of the cane is the tip of the Christmas tree. I have a brand new 3D winter tree print that you can come feel that is 11 white canes that are all angled at the top and, and sweep swept out at the bottom like a tree. And above that tree is a, a tactile star. Surrounding the tree are little snowflakes and stars that are tactile and uh, metallic silver stars and snowflakes. In addition, we have a giant snowflake that's four white canes crossed at the center and I added little V's to it. And it is also surrounded by little tiny snowflakes. Uh, another Christmas one we have is uh, Jolly Snowman. He's a big, fat, white snowman. And he's got branches, brown branches for his arms. And um, it's snowing. He's got a red scarf, and he's very festive with his red hat and palm. And he is holding a white cane in his left branch hand. So um, I find it an endless ideas. I have flower gardens with white canes as stems. Um, we have uh, one called Twisted Heart, which is my cane, including the strap twisted into the shape of a heart with hand-drawn hearts. You know, it's interesting. 
I am just finding for myself personally, the more that I become who I am, the more creative I become. And the ideas keep flowing. So, yes, thank you. I, I think we should just give ourselves a round of applause for that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, uh, so just a couple other things. So if you uh, see a print or feel a print that you like and you don't want a hoodie and you just want a crew neck, we carry sizes small through 5XL unisex sizes in T-shirts, pullover hoodies, zip hoodies, and crew neck sweatshirts. So we can put any of the prints on any of those garments. And the price of the t-shirts, no matter what the size, is $29. The crew neck sweatshirts is $39, and the hoodies are $49. The zipper hoodies are $59. Uh, let's see. Uh, I really um, you know, encourage you to just, uh, the, when you come to the table, the uh, t-shirts and hoodies are in stack by size because, you know, I can't see them. So if we put them by size, that way I know uh, it's really easy to shop. And since we want everyone to touch them, you just literally stand in front of your size, and then you can feel the prints. And, of course, we audio describe all the time. If you uh, don't have time uh, to shop, okay, okay. No, I was going to say, if, 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 uh, if you don't have time to shop today or you want to do holiday orders or want a more extensive audio description, um, I can give you a candy bag with our card on it. We get lots and lots of phone orders. Sometimes people just go and listen to the descriptions on the website and then uh, have some questions and call, and, and we uh, finish the shopping that way. Uh, in addition, we take, like, every possible credit card, including, as I told Amanda, ones I'm not sure are in the United States. Um, my, my niece enthusiastically, has a ma when she came off her master's degree in communication, set up our website beautifully. Um, and, of course, we take Apple Pay as well. Um, if we uh, sh take an order and ship for you, or if you buy anything from us, we ship for free. And then just in general, um, if you have something that doesn't fit and you need to return it, we will send a poly bag with a return label attached to you prepaid from the post office so that you can just leave the bag by your mailbox. Because you know what? I cannot get to the post office. I'm in frickin' Houston, Texas. You need an RV to get to the post office. From anywhere. So I like to make, you know, like my whole thing is, you know, what would I want in a company and what would make it accessible for me? And so that's how our company is set up, to, to be as accessible as possible. So, um, and we have a wide range of colors from, uh, you know, bright pink, royal blue, red, black. And um, the number one guy print for guys out there is the flag print. Uh, which we have both in color as well as uh, tactile. So that is, uh, that is my uh, story. We also carry, oh, some people already know, and I already sold some this morning. Um, we also, if you see Terry walking around, she has on our, one of our cardigans, holiday cardigans with payettes, which are like sequins. And she, there we have a, a little advertisement there in the back with a hoodie on, the pink hoodie. Thank you. They're very, very fluffy. Yes. Um, so we also carry dresses and cardigans. And generally, if you can do an, uh, if you haven't bought from us before, if you can just do a description, uh, I can usually f uh, figure out how to fit you just over the phone without any problems. Um, let me know. Uh, does anybody have any questions? Yes, sir. Gentlemen, um, 
raising his hand. Okay, let's get you on the mic here so everybody can hear too. You you was talking about men, and you said um, the the flag and um, was was designed. Uh, do you have like uh, tote bags or anything um, at a at, at a man? Yes, we. I, I did not mention. Oh my gosh, I didn't mention we have tote bags and aprons as well, and um, the the tote bags we have the colorful American flag print which our American flag is um, regular blue stars, regular red stripes, and in the position of the white stripes are white canes. And um, we print that both on, uh, we sold a lot this summer for barbecuing uh, and the flags, and we have it on the tote bags as well. Okay, the tote, the tote bags, um, what's the background? Is it like black? Black. The, to- um, the uh I do print uh, the flower garden on royal blue. I get a lot of orders for that with royal blue. But all of the rest of the tote bags are black. I have uh, uh, a whole bunch with me right now that are $26 that do not have zippers, like the snowman and the Christmas tree. And uh, we also have a zippered tote bag, both in the royal blue and in the black. And I've been selling just a crazy amount of tote bags, particularly for holiday gifts. For all those people on Zoom, my website is blindgirldesigns.com. And the Kentucky T-shirts are not on the website yet, but we will get them on the website tonight. Of course, we will ship those you know, to you for free. Thanks, Amanda. Thank you. Let's give another round of applause to Ms. Trisha. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind, or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Soundprints. Have a great week, everybody.